0: Are you ready to bust out of the rut you're in? Do you want to take your life to a whole nother level? You aren't going to make significant change by doing what you've always done. You need a breakthrough, a circuit breaker. I've had some pretty big challenges and some pretty big breakthroughs in my life over the last few years and I've found that the best way to break through, the best way to elevate my life is to challenge myself, to do something a bit scary. Whether it be running an ultramarathon, jumping out of a plane, or speaking on stage to a thousand people, every time I take on a challenge, I grow. And I grow not just in one area, but in every area of my life. And I didn't just jump out of the plane by myself, I jumped in tandem with an expert, someone who'd done it thousands of times before, someone who knew how to prepare and who knew how to execute. If you're ready to transform, if you're ready for exponential growth in your life, then head to ww.drbrethill.com and check out Kukoda Elevation. It might be just the challenge you're looking for. TheWellnessCouch.com Streaming Wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire kick your shoes off because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill and this week I'm here with Laura Bruner. She's a certified nutrition consultant and CrossFit trainer who has a passion for educating. She absolutely loves teaching others about nutrition, about movement and the power each person has to set their foundation for health, wellness and true quality of life. She does one-on-one nutritional and fitness consulting, corporate wellness programs, seminars and workshops and she wholeheartedly believes that sustainably sourced nutrient-dense foods can be the greatest form of medicine as well as serving as the ingredients to create the most delicious palate-pleasing meals. That all sounds like fun. Welcome to the show, Laura.
1: Hi there. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Brady. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. There's so much stuff I'd love to talk to you about. But let's start with where did you start on your journey, Laura? What got you into uh, nutrition and also cross-fitting? Which one did you start with and how did it come about? Um,
1: that is a great question. I kind of started them in tandem. So I was a um, – in, starting in high school, I was an endurance athlete and um i was under the impression that in order to be a good endurance athlete i had to be very small and very light and very thin and um i was a vegetarian because i thought that was healthiest and also for some moral reasons um and my health just deteriorated it took, went downhill pretty fast actually um lost my period had mood swings was sick constantly i remember one winter i got bronchitis and pneumonia at the same time um and just things weren't they just weren't going well. Uh, and so I, you know, I I kind of realized that I needed to change something. And and I'd always been passionate about nutrition. And then I was a vegetarian for I think about seven years. Um just kept thinking that I gotta try to do this a little bit harder, I gotta, you know, be healthier, try harder, vegetarian harder, that kind of a thing. And uh, and then lo and behold, I found CrossFit when I was teaching high school English literature. Um, some of the other teachers were coming in the morning and, and doing, you know, a quick CrossFit workout. And for me, I was, I'd was i go in in the morning about an hour before they'd even show up and I would do, you know, 45 minutes of cardio and then my kind of like very strategically planned like arms day, legs day, et cetera. And they'd come in for 20 minutes and leave, you know, sweatier than me and seemingly uh, fitter than me and having gotten a better workout in. And so I was like – Yes, and I was like, "Huh." <laughs> Meanwhile, my days are starting at four thirty in the morning and going until eight PM because I had to get a double day in and whatnot. And so then I started thinking, "Hey, maybe they're onto something." And they convinced me to join them. I joined them, and then probably you know within a week I was hooked. And then I started hearing more about paleo and uh, and kind of realizing, "Hey, meat's probably going to be." A game changer for me. I couldn't put on muscle. So I was doing the same workouts as them trying to lift, trying to get stronger and just not putting muscle on and not my numbers weren't going up. And my mind shift all of a sudden changed from, Hey, I don't want to be little anymore. I want to put on muscle and I want to lift more weights. And the number on the bar became more important than the number on the scale or whatever. And so, um, I knew something had to change and I will never forget. I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go paleo. And, um, That night, the first night I had, my husband made me steak fajitas, and um, we did like uh, some sort of coconut flour tortillas and had steak and veggies, and I slept better that night than I could ever remember sleeping in my entire life up until that point, so the transition was pretty easy, and from then, it's been... Just like one thing after the next, my health improving, um, no more stomach discomfort, my period coming back, my fertility coming back, my mood stabilizing, my adrenal fatigue going away. And so it was just, it's been this ripple effect. And with all those things combined, I knew that I had to share this with other people because I thought I was so right. Um, I thought I had everything figured out and I was so wrong. And so now it's like my job, I feel like to kind of combat what we're taught as being healthy um, and kind of help to reframe that for people.
0: And it's so funny how that happens, isn't it? Like we discover something like that and then we think we've got all the answers. You know, we become a bit uh, like evangelical and we want to fix everyone around us because we know better. And, uh, And that kind of settles down after a little while as well, doesn't it?
1: Totally. So five years later, maybe more, probably six at this point, um, I, you know, I thought I had every. I thought I knew everything right away, and so I started like trying to teach my family. You know, my parents were like whoa, 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 <laughs> and I tried just tried to teach everybody. And I knew even then, I you know, over the course of the, the past six years, I've learned so much more. I tried like doing the ketogenic thing. I tried intermittent fasting, and all of those things were still kind of this like need for me to control my food in a way that was not necessarily healthy. Um, and so I've learned now what best fits my. I've, you know, my friend. Mary, the paleo chef says paleo, paleo you. So like, what is your <laughs> unique like version of paleo that's going to work best for you and your health? And so I found that for myself now over the course of six years and also with training, like I took my endurance athlete mindset into CrossFit and you can't do three hours of CrossFit uh, six days <laughs> a week <laughs> without right. breaking. And so I, I, you know, I broke myself down and then I had to learn like, Hey, this is really effective if you do one hour four to five days you know four to five days a week maybe six on a really amped up week or whatever you want to call it but um so i've learned so much through experiencing this for myself and so now i can work with clients and help them figure out what exact kind of um plan is going to be best for them both nutritionally and for their fitness depending on where they are in their health journey you know someone with an autoimmune disease is going to need such a different plan than someone who's a a high-level athlete. And so I really love working with the whole gamut because you get to see so many things and it's never boring and you get to constantly learn as you help others learn. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just watched the uh, Rich Froning documentary recently. I thought that was fascinating. And he was talking about doing eight workouts a day. So, you know, maybe it is possible for some people to do three hours worth of CrossFit a day, <laughs> but it's certainly yes. not me. I can tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, that's totally kind of the anomaly, right? It's not the normal person. And, and it also depends on your goals. If my goal was to be a regionals athlete, which it's not <laughs> ever, but if it was, then I would need to have a whole team of people like preparing me food and um, giving me massages and acupuncture and chiropractic on a daily basis. And, and you know, you'd have to have all those right things set up to have this kind of perfect storm to, to achieve that. But someone who's working a nine to five and they work five days a week and they also have families and their parents and they, they have to prepare their own food. It's just, you have to make sure that there's balance. I think that's the most important thing. And it's like, are you training to compete or are you training for health and longevity? Um, and those are two very, very different things.
0: Absolutely. I I absolutely agree. You know, I look at some, even some of the people at my CrossFit box, because I do CrossFit as well, and I love it, Laura. And I love that you mentioned chiropractic there, because I'm a massive, I'm a chiropractor, and I'm a massive fan, obviously, of chiropractic. (laughs) So, you're speaking my language here. But there's a guy at my CrossFit box and he's like a, a tree surgeon. He spends all day, like 10 hours a day, climbing up and down trees and then yeah. comes and absolutely smashes out his CrossFit. And, it, and it's it's phenomenal what some people can do and achieve, but but I know for me, that doesn't work. You know, I do my sort of three, maybe four <laughs> CrossFit workouts a week and I'm mm-hmm. happy. You know, when I, when I try and do more than that, then, then I find I do get into that stage of sort of adrenal fatigue and, and struggling because of everything else I've got going on in my life and, and how I like to, you know, move exercise on the weekends and stuff as well. So it is, I think that individualization is is so important, like you said. Um, I'd love to go back a little bit with you though. Uh, You mentioned going paleo um, and you mentioned, you know, the first meal you had and your husband cooked your steak. So was your husband also vegan or vegetarian or had he been eating differently to you the whole time?
1: He was in a way, but kind of just by default. So if we were out or at a party or what he would eat kind of whatever he wanted. He was a no, there was no rules for him. Um, But because we like a big part of our relationship from the beginning was always preparing food together. And so I've always loved to cook. Um, We would make these gorgeous pizzas, make the dough from scratch, um, but they'd always be vegetarian. So we'd have, you know, cheese and lots of veggies and stuff, but never meat. And then we'd make these pasta bakes and stuff. um, But again, never meat. And so I think that when I switched over for him, it was probably one of the best days since we started dating because he was able to, uh,
0: <laughs> to eat that, meat again. And, that was going to be my next was, question. Like, describe yeah. to us his level of excitement at cooking you that first steak.
1: I think he was um, definitely more excited than I was. A little nervous because I, I, people always say like, you eat meat for the first time after a long time and you're going to get sick. Um, I was a little apprehensive, and he was thrilled. I think just like the smell of steak cooking in our kitchen was something I don't know if you ever expected (laughs) um so it was pretty fun to be able to to do that and to then to then witness me like my I think my eyes got like wide and I just I felt so good and I slept so well and my journey to full health took a while as I mentioned I kind of fell into some some like intermittent fasting that maybe wasn't best for me and it took it takes a long time to reverse the damage that like for me vegetarianism and gluten that those two things had done to my body I think um but yeah, it was really fun for us to be able to go through this, and then we both got on the um, pretty quick after that. Got on the paleo zone wagon, mm. um, so we kind of went straight from like eating like pizza and pasta dishes every night to uh, paleo zone, and that like changed our whole world, you know. So I didn't go from pizza and pasta to like burgers. I went from pizza and pasta to no gluten, hardly any dairy. Um, pretty strict in weighing and measuring, so it was a it was an interesting switch. And I think he's probably happiest now than food wise <laughs> than he has been since we got together because now we have way more balance. And I like to count macronutrients. I'm pregnant right now, so I'm not weighing or measuring anything, but I do like to know what I'm taking in because I find it fascinating. But overall, like our the way we eat is very balanced. It's mm. very freeing. Um, we eat what we want when we want and. We figured out what works really well for us. So it's been really fun for me to, to obviously see my own change, but then also to watch his transition and transformation through it as well as we both kind of learn about what serves us best nutritionally
0: yeah I love that and and honestly full credit to your husband for you know for being so supportive like it sounds like when you were doing the, the vegan and the vegetarian and that sort of stuff he was supportive of you doing that and was on board with that as well and obviously he's was excited when you jumped to the stake but you know mm-hmm. I think that's uh, you know it's credit for him for allowing you to come to that in your own way in your own time and I think that's a really important thing for, for partners to be able to do and to be able to understand so you know a little kudos there for him I reckon <laughs>
1: yes
0: um, you, know, you mentioned then going into paleo zone and, and obviously, you know, the zone diet, if, if we talk about the same zone diet, it's very specific on those macronutrients and getting those percentages right. Can you tell us a bit about how you went about doing that and how that worked for you?
1: Yeah, so zone is very interesting and it's something that I, I work for CrossFit and I, I was on level one staff for a couple of years as well. And so zone is something that I know very, very well. And I think it's a really good starting point. And basically the way it works is you kind of, they say like, take the take the size of your t-shirt and that's where you start. So I'm a woman, I wear a small shirt, so I should start kind of like on, there's like a spreadsheet or whatever. And it tells you, hey, small woman, you're gonna start with 12 blocks. And so I took that and I, I went with it for a while. So I would do 12 blocks of protein and carbs and then I would tweak the fat. I upped the fat a little bit because I was thinking I need more calories. I'm trying to put on a little bit of weight. Um, but I still just wasn't putting on a lot of muscle. And I think for me, I just need more protein um, and so it was a really good starting point for me um, at this time I was doing zone I was also overtraining, so it's hard to have like really good data in terms of did it work did it not for me um, but I think that no matter what there's something very important to be said about balancing the macronutrients at each meal in order to balance insulin levels. And so now even when I work with clients, if I don't prescribe them zone, which I don't really do anymore, but I prescribe if they want them, I do prescribe um, like a macro plan. So I'll say, hey, over the course of your day, you need to hit this many grams of protein, carbs, and fat. But my caveat is they have to start by showing me that they eat real food and they have to ideally balance those throughout the day. So I don't want to see like donuts for breakfast and then egg whites for dinner. (laughs) <laughs> I want to see that your breakfast has protein, carbon, fat, your lunch has protein, carbon, fat, your dinner has protein, carbon, fat, because that's going to be how we balance um, hormones and insulin and cortisol, and that's how you lose weight. So um, zone was a really good learning process for me. I learned a ton about myself, and I also learned kind of what works and what doesn't, and I think that's what's so good about it. I think if everyone does something like that, whether they're weighing and measuring or not, kind of aside, I think it's important that everyone tries for at least a week or two weeks or three weeks to just try and like look at your plate and your plate should have a protein, a carb and a fat. And mm. I like to say a dense protein or a dense carbohydrate. So something really energy dense, like sweet potato, white potato, squash, um, and then a non dense carbohydrate that's really dense in micronutrients. So your leafy greens, your broccoli your cauliflower, etc., and then a good protein and a good fat. And I, it's amazing what I've seen people, um, like the transition I've seen in people just be, balancing their plate can make a world of difference. And I'll, I'll end up upping someone's calories by like 500 hmm. calories yeah. a day and they, they drop weight because it's so much more than calories in versus calories out. The balancing of the macronutrients and getting those right ratios is really essential.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I love about doing the paleo diet is that you know, I don't have to focus on how much I eat. Like I just listen to my body and I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm full. And and for me, I don't have to concentrate that much on macronutrients and weighing and measuring and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I roughly try and think, well, I want to make sure I'm getting a bit of each of those at each meal and, and listen to my body in terms of sometimes you are craving a bit more fat, sometimes you are craving a bit more carbs and, and trying to sort of roughly balance that out. But but you don't have to be so specific and, and measured about that. So, you know, you mentioned earlier that you sort of got into a stage of being, you know, trying to control your food a little bit too much. How did that mm-hmm. affect you? And, and what did you do about that to try and find some more balance?
1: Yeah, so that kind of came in two forms. First, the zone stuff, which <laughs> of all the things I've done nutritionally, that's the one that my husband, you know, was like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. Um, it, it For some people, especially, it just, it like wipes them out and they get so burnt out and it makes them kind of just throw in the towel and be like, I'm going to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And it can go the, in the opposite direction. Um, for me, I, I, for me at that time, I don't think zone was, healthy because I was too calculated and too kind of restrictive, especially coming out of being that vegetarian and worrying so much about, I just needed some like food freedom where I just kind of ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, but chose the really nutrient dense foods, especially to kind of repair the damage that had been done from being a vegetarian and from overtraining. Um, so I did the zone for a while and then I did, uh, the, intermittent fasting. So I'd wake up and I would do kind of like a fat fast, which isn't really fasting, but I'd have coffee with, you know, the bulletproof coffee concept. Um, and I wouldn't eat my first meal till, you know, one o'clock or something. And for me, those two things back to back kind of, um, put me into this state of adrenal fatigue. So I couldn't put on any muscle and it actually led to kind of chronic pain. And I started getting chronic headaches, um, chronic tension in my suboccipitals and my, um, thoracic spine in my traps. Um, and it got to the point where I was like, I can't do any of this anymore. Like I cannot, I couldn't go in the gym. Um, I had to just kind of quit it all. And that's really what I, I got to that point where it's like, this is what I ha- what had to happen. Um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have a period and I knew that we wanted to start a family in the next few years. So what we actually ended up doing was, uh, we kind of quit everything. I still worked for CrossFit and it was wonderful that I had that remote opportunity, but we moved to Washington, state for a year. Um, and we found this like little remote town at the basic Olympic national forest. And we just kind of escaped for a year and, um, ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, got out in nature every single day, hiked in the, in the trees, um, climbed trees, played every day. We lived near the beach and lo and behold, period came back. Um, my mindset around food was incredibly healthy. Um, I got in just a better place mentally and physically pain disappeared. And then, um, kind of just gradually worked back into macros more just for, to see where I was at and for performance sake and ended up, you know, feeling really great, stronger and fitter than I'd ever been working out just five days a week, taking one class a day. Um, and then in that process also got pregnant. So it's been really fun for me to go through basically everything from vegetarianism to zone, to intermittent fasting, (laughs) to eating whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted under the, the paleo umbrella. Um, and then, but that included plenty of like paleo baked goods and then going into, um, now counting macros, but not necessarily zoning, but balancing my meals, um, just to make sure I'm getting enough of the right things. And so now I've run this whole gamut and it's been really, it's been a really, now that I look back a fun process, you know, in the midst of it sometimes (laughs) it's tough, but and now I can really like when I work with people be like, listen, I've tried that. I've done this. I know where you're at. I know how you yeah. feel. I've been there um, and really found what works best for me. Um, but we moved back to, to California, found a great place. Like everything's good. It's just been a really kind of a wild ride. And um, I wouldn't change anything. But it's, you know, I really feel like I've learned so much about myself and food and sustainability and just kind of how it all comes together and how important it all is.
0: Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing, but also, I guess, the challenge of uh, letting go of that control is that when, when you sort of do start to uh, freestyle it a little bit and find what works for you is that... In many ways, it makes things a lot easier because you don't—you're not so stressed about what I should be eating and when I should be eating and how much and measuring and all those sort of things. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, it's easy to slip into bad habits. You know, it's easy mm-hmm. to go through a while where you think, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to make a few more of those desserts," and, and all of a sudden you find that you're having you know uh, paleo treats at you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> and and, right. and by the same token, other times you you'll slip into other habits of you know having you know maybe. Maybe you do do sort of 80-20, but all of a sudden that 20 becomes 40 or 60, you know. And so, yeah. when you sort of, when you allow yourself that freedom, it is really freeing, but it also kind of means that you need to be more conscious about what you're doing and just sort of check in on yourself on a regular basis and, and constantly course correct as well.
1: Yeah, totally. Because, you know, I I found that I was doing like this paleo umbrella, but a lot of like the paleo baked goods and stuff. And I started to just feel kind of puffy, like my rings weren't fitting. And I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't overweight by any means. I've always been small, but I was just like, it was different. It wasn't fat. It was just puffiness. And I'm like, okay, this knowing what I know, I'm like, this is a telltale sign of inflammation. So I'm probably getting in whether or not it's like a paleo sugar, just too much sugar and probably too many nuts and like nut based flours. And so I had to kind of like pull back and be like, okay, it's not just about aesthetics and performance. It's also about health and longevity and what mm-hmm. like what kind of how do I want to feel on a daily basis and and whatnot and so it's it's always good to be I think the most important thing anyone can learn when it comes to nutrition is just to be in tune with our bodies uh, and just whether like really think about don't not comparing yourself to like how do I look in the mirror or what's my squat but how do I feel like on a really base level like do I feel do I wake up in the morning feeling good do am I able to go to sleep mm-hmm. at night without any sort of help um, you know, that kind of a thing. And so I think learning that is most important in terms of making sure that you stay in check and not that 20 doesn't turn to 40, etc. Because um, what should come first and what I think has gotten really skewed is how do I feel? Because people look on Instagram or social media and they want to look like this person. They want those abs. They want that squat number. Um, and they kind of forget about Hey, how do I feel? Yeah, <laughs> you know, is my body working well? Do I? Am I how would I feel emotionally? Like, because so that can place food can play so much into our mindset and how we're feeling emotionally, and and if there's stability there. And so, the first priority should be always be feeling well, and then we can start talking about okay, well, how do I look? And what are my numbers? How's my performance? But. Um, how you feel matters over all of those things. And that's what you're going to carry with you on a day-to-day basis, not your abs (laughs) or whatever the case may be.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And then that's so important. And it's so important in terms of that individualization you spoke about before, you know, you obviously do do the CrossFit. And one thing I've had a number of people in talking to recently who do do CrossFit and love that high-intensity exercise, but have been trying to do that and a really low, so high-fat, really low-carb diet at the same time. Oh, yeah. And to me, it seems like sometimes that can be really challenging in terms of the energy requirements um, and, you know, supporting the adrenals and all those sort of things. When you're trying to do that really high-intensity exercise, what's been your experience with that in terms of how that really high-intensity exercise affects your, your requirements in terms of those macros?
1: yeah, I just do not think that like a ketogenic diet fits anywhere in a high intensity workout lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. I whether I mean, maybe potentially I've seen it work a few times with for men, um, but not never, I never ever have I seen it successful for a woman. um myself included. I think that the body, yes, we can make our own glucose technically, but it takes a lot of work. And it's a it's a really big stress on the body. So now you're taking the stress of um, high intensity workouts. We all have stress on a daily basis in our life. And now you're also adding this additional stress of not providing that glucose for your body to use when it needs it. So people can get it go into fat burning mode, but um, not if you're training at those levels. We need carbohydrate. And I think that an interesting thing that's kind of happening in the whole paleosphere is that we went through this phase where everyone was so scared of carbohydrates. And so and then everything was high, high, high fat. And now I'm seeing I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a shift. And I think people are coming around um, and starting to incorporate more carbohydrates in their diet. And you're seeing like white rice is now becoming more and more like, hey, this is actually okay. And it's a safe starch or whatever the case may be. Um, I just think it's you know, I, I, what I've seen a lot of is people go super low carb, high fat, and they lose a lot of weight right away because it's a shock to the system. And the body's like, Hey, this is new. Um, mm-hmm. and it sheds a lot of weight, but then there's always a stalling out. And then oftentimes people will kind of put on a little bit more weight from there and their performance isn't that great. They, they feel tired, especially if they're training really hard. And so I love seeing the shift of like, Hey, let's change our mindset. Carbs are not bad. Mm. Fat is not bad. Protein is not bad. Food is not yeah. bad, inherently. Um, it serves to fuel us. And so, let's kind of rearrange our thought process about fat and not demonize any one category and realize that each macronutrient serves a really important purpose in in fueling our bodies and our training and our lives.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think it's such an important concept for people to understand and understand that, you know, you can, uh, you know, I was just talking on, I was interviewed on a podcast just earlier this morning and I was talking about the fact that, you know, if you look back at paleo, which is what we're talking about, you know, there were tribes in uh, Papua New Guinea who ate 80% sweet potatoes. You know, they actually ate a very high carb diet. You know, there were other tribes like the Inuits who ate blubber. You know, they ate a very high fat diet. You know, they were both mm-hmm. paleo diets, you know, and so there probably. are different, you know, different requirements, I think. I think probably genetically evolutionary, we probably... You know, depending on where you're from, you probably have different requirements, but also mm-hmm. you've probably even more importantly, depending on what you want to get out of your body and, and the demands you're placing on your body, you're going to have different requirements too. Um, and then, you know, over and above that, you know, depending on how much damage you've done to your body, that can affect your requirements right. in terms of those too. So I think understanding that there is going to be that variance amongst all of us and that that's totally okay and that you can still do paleo, even if it looks different to someone else's version of paleo, that's okay too.
1: Totally. And that's the thing that's so important is that there's no one size fits all. And people like wanna put out all these like these plans on the internet, like, hey, this is there's no blanket plan that's gonna work for everybody. And so um, I think people see these things and they're like, Oh, that's gonna work for me. And then they, they're disappointed when it doesn't, or or in some cases it can send them into like for me, adrenal fatigue and, mm. and actually sickness. When when we switch over to a paleo diet, it should be for wellness. Um, and so there, I think it's most important that people understand like, Hey, you can give this a try, but if you're not feeling great, then it's not working. And you can't like paleo harder or, or low, you know, low carb, high, harder and expect to feel better. You need to make tweaks accordingly. If you go low carb and you feel like crap, then you need to add in some carbohydrates and see how you feel and yeah. make tweaks until you feel like the best version of you that you can.
0: Yeah.
1: And to me might change over time too. Like for yeah, instance, exactly. I was, you know, since I got pregnant, I'm, I've am i increased both fat and, and carbohydrates because I know what my body needs and if you go through, let's say you're traveling for a month and you're not going to be able to work out a lot and you're sitting a ton, maybe in that case, you do reduce carbohydrate and increase fat because it's convenient because you don't need to eat as often mm. and you're not utilizing those the glucose as much um, or if you're going through a super high stress time where your your job's extra demanding and you're also working out or you're training for something, then the carbs need to go way up. So. Life changes, we change. Um, most important is just figuring out what's going to work best for us at any given point.
0: Yeah, and I think that we change bit's really important too, because for many people who have been eating a really high carbohydrate diet, they they're not actually very efficient at burning fat for fuel, and so that can take some adaptation time as well.
1: Yeah, and people I know some people who you know they've been doing low carb for a long time, and and then they um, they realize something needs to change, and so I'll add in some carbohydrates, and like for the first couple of weeks, it's like. I feel kind of bloated and and puffy and I don't feel great. It's like oh well, you need to give it, you know, a full 3 to 4 weeks because like you said there's a transition period where your body's going to kind of be like, "Hey, this is new for digesting." Yeah. <laughs> um and it's kind of trying to figure, you know, traverse those waters. So Perfect. Definitely <laughs> patience is required, but it's all good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Laura, let's talk a little bit about your website, Radical Roots. And before we do, I feel like I should warn you that the slang term root means something very different in Australia to what it means yeah. in America, right? I'm not sure <laughs> if you're aware me? of that difference, but it's it's an important one. So, um, but tell us about your website.
1: My website is it's myradicalroots.com, um, is radical roots. And the concept came from this idea of like, me putting down roots, becoming who I am, and and trying an effort to be authentically me. Um, And then also, obviously, the pun there would be the roots that we eat are a real food, a great source of carbohydrate, um, those root vegetables. And so, and then the radical piece comes in with this concept of society's kind of told us to do one thing for so long, like the standard diet where you, super high carb, super high processed carbohydrate, really low fat, trying to just sell us these messages that aren't necessarily best for our health. You know, you've got to be super, super skinny. You've got to just like get your flat abs. And so and then also just like conventional farming and taking it the next step. And so the radical for me means like eating what's going to fuel you best, eating in a way that's going to serve the planet and being more sustainable. Um, And then just like questioning a constant question um, to society, to whoever tells you what's right. Make sure you're always questioning because that's how we improve ourselves and our world and each other is by always like asking why and trying to really get to the root of everything.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And, and I guess, you know, in America, you can be rooting for someone along their journey as well in terms of supporting them on that journey and, uh, and that's totally okay to be doing that in America. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you mentioned lots of things. You talk about lots of different things on your website, and safest skincare is one that I've noticed is quite prominent there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you know why skincare is so important to you?
1: Yeah, so this is something I never really thought about um, until probably the past couple years. Um, I just use you know whatever there was out there, and then um, you know I just get the lotion or the the shampoo and conditioner, and I started realizing like, hey this stuff isn't regulated at all. I have no idea what half of these words are on this bottle. And I always, I care what I put in my body. I should probably think about what I'm putting on my body as well because um, th- it's like our, it's our biggest organ. And so everything we put on our body gets absorbed straight into it. And so I started really thinking, I can't just t- be a kind of like, do this halfway and just think about food. Um, and the more I started researching, the more I started learning. And, and so I went with a lot of, I started with a lot of like the paleo skincare lines. And to be honest, they just didn't really work for me. I was getting kind of breakouts and or, super dry skin, or my hair was my scalp was flaky and I was frustrated. And then I, I came across Beauty Counter um, and I just started using it, not even thinking about really getting involved. But then, the more I learned about kind of what they promote and the more I realized these products really, really work for me, um, I decided to become a, um, a consultant. And so I It's not something I push really hard. It's just I believe in their message, and I I love that they're they're not only just providing safer skincare that's going to be non toxic for us, but then they're also actually like fighting legislator in um, in the U.S. in terms of changing the laws because nothing is regulated here. And like the you know there's there's carcinogens in these products, and there's hormone disruptors, and the number of cancer cases is constantly on the rise, and especially with women and breast cancer. And so I love that they're fighting for that, and I love the products actually work. Like my skin is clearer than ever. My hair looks better than ever. And the makeup actually stays on. So it's just, it's fun. And it's fun to kind of have that little side thing where I feel like a, you know, a woman and kind of, I'm able to wear my makeup and feel good about it and know it's good for planet and for my body, um, and my future child now. And so that's, it's just something that has been more of a, has been a, a recent development and it's been really fun. And I, and I love the products and I feel good using them.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today, Laura. It's been absolutely fantastic. I'm sure people are going to want to know more about you. And so they can go to your website, which is called myradicalroots.com, which... Once again, if you're from Australia, it's kind of amusing. So that's really fun. Um, But also they can find you on social media, which is Radical Roots, um, and on Instagram at laura.radicalroots. They can do one-on-one consulting with you, and you can do that remotely. So whichever country you're from, that's totally okay. um, And find all the details about that on your website. So once again, thanks for coming on board, Laura.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure.
0: No worries. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show.